You're listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. All right, well, welcome back to the SLT Podcast. We hope you guys had a great Easter and have been enjoying your week. I'm Taylor. I'm Sam. I'm Alex. And I'm Courtney. And we uh, are excited to talk about uh, today's topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about entertainment, and hopefully you get some of that from our podcast. If not, I'm sorry. Uh, mm. But we wanted to start today with kind of a, a peek behind the curtain into our lives, maybe some embarrassing stories, talking about TV shows from our past. And so specifically, I want to hear from each of us on what are some shows or maybe a show that you watched or currently watch that you're embarrassed by? Mm. All right, I'll start, but you guys can't make fun of me. No, no promises. promises. <gasps> we will make fun of you. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. Right. I promise we will make fun of you. And you know what? I'm not ashamed to admit it. I intentionally, purposely, with all my heart, Watched a mm-hmm. Cowboys game once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm a Raiders fan for all you uh, listeners that don't know. So it's just fun. We probably just lost all of our listeners, honestly. Seriously, though? I watched every single episode, every single episode, every single season of Gossip Girl. XOXO. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the people the people need to know, are you um, Team Blair or Team Serena? Uh, it depends on the story arc, but more often than not, uh, Blair. Blair. Blair Waldorf. Oh, wow. Okay, so then Chuck or Nate? Uh, uh, Chuck. Wow. Blair and Chuck fan. That surprises yeah. me about you, Alex. Does it? Oh. Their stories are more interesting. I mean, I guess as moral people, if by interesting you mean edge to Nate and Serena, uh, but they're just boring. They're boring characters. They're just sorry. Wow. Sorry, Serena Vander Woodson and Nate Archibald. This is what helps you be able to counsel teenagers was That's watching this. Blair and Chuck. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm constantly giving Rufus's advice to the teenagers. Rufus is the father of one of the protagonists of the show. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was like, these names don't mean anything to me. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Rufus, that to... guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All some girl fans know what's up, though. Yes, we do. Wait, why do I feel self-conscious about not having seen Gossip Girl? This isn't right. You should. <laughs> I'm you should. not actually embarrassed about this at all. This is a misleading <laughs> question. Uh, this is something I know I should be embarrassed about, but I'm actually incredibly proud about. Ugh. All right, well, I'll go next. Um... So mine isn't one that I, I'm currently watching, uh, but I watched it for much too long of a time. Mm. And um, it came on, I believe, Nickelodeon. <laughs> and there may or might not have been a massive frog in this show. Uh, and that show was called Gullah Gullah Island. Ooh. I don't know I've if you guys have heard, heard of that of show. No, yeah, you guys can look right it up. Now. Gullah Gullah Island. And I think I Come. watched that. You guys have never heard of Gullah Gullah Island? No. That's a great show. Gullah Gullah Island. Yeah, that's what it went. It was... Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know how long I watched it, but I remember it was probably for much too long. So Gullah Gullah Island it's is like fine. You were too old to be watching a... Oh yeah, I was way too old to be watching that show. Oh, y'all all know it. 
No, I've never heard of it. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Okay, well, my TV show is, um, I'm embarrassed about it for different reasons, I guess. But I have watched the TV show Lost probably three times through. And by probably, I mean definitely three times through in my lifetime. But I have never seen the final episode of the last season purposefully. Mm. And the you reason- You and I live opposite lives. That's the only one I've seen. Are you serious? <laughs> Dead serious. I saw oh that word. one episode. That's well, terrible. the reason why I can't, and I actually did just talk to Luke and I was like, we should watch Lost. And so that would make it probably the fourth time I see in it, I've seen it. Um, but the reason why is I heard that the last episode kind of ruins it some. And also all of the characters by that point, like you have spent so many hours with them, like they're your friends and you don't want to let them go. And so um, mm. I just, I can't deal with that emotional aspect of letting go of my friends on the TV show Lost. So mine is a little show that I don't know how many of our students would even know what it is called Degrassi. Oh, Degrassi, the Canadian I teen soap opera drama featuring Drake. Four seasons of Degrassi, so and it started as a thing that we kind of watched as a meme. We meet up at my friend's house and watch Degrassi and make fun of Drake being Jimmy and <laughs> being involved in Canadian drama hijinks. Yeah. And, but the thing was, we'd, we'd watch it as a joke. But then I would go home and I had secretly become hooked. And so I would like download the entire seasons and get way farther ahead than the rest of my friends were by myself on my own. <laughs> and so I knew everything that happened when Drake ends up in a wheelchair, when um, like all the breakups and repairings of when people leave the show, like oh, it's just a just garbage, just garbage. Degrassi is truly a terrible Canadian show. We used to argue over whether... It should be pronounced Degrassi or Degrassi. I think they said Degrassi in the show. I know they did. Muchos Degrassias. Yeah, muchos Degrassias. Oh well, I highly don't recommend it. And I am still like, even right now talking about it, I'm blushing because I'm embarrassed to admit. <laughs> I seriously watched so much of this show and every once in a while, because I think it like continued even while I was in college, I would go and like kind of check on it and see how things are doing. And when none of the characters that you remember on there anymore, and now it's like all new people, you're like, it's not the same. Well, that's awesome. So if you want to go back and watch some of our shows that we're embarrassed by, uh, you can go do that. I highly recommend Gullah Gullah Island to anyone out there. Um, hours of endless entertainment. I do not recommend Gossip Girl. <laughs> that was or garbage. Degrassi. Yeah. How do you so, say garbage in Canadian? Garbage. Degrassi. <laughs> Cowboys. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Okay. Well, right now, I think everybody probably listening to this probably has access to some form of entertainment, whether that's uh, cable, um, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus all the different services that are out there. And so I'm sure that you and probably your family are probably watching different shows and going through different things. I, I know that we have some kids who have just been watched entire seasons of different shows right now, just because they can. And so we wanted to talk about kind of 
entertainment today and just how we spend our day and how we spend our time and kind of what's fruitful and what's good about entertainment and maybe what's not. And we just wanted to engage in that conversation. Yeah. So before we tackle this, by the way, we know that it can be kind of a um, a touchy subject because I know personally if somebody starts bashing the things that I enjoy, um, even if it's not specific shows so much as, you know, like the type of show or the type of entertainment, I can get really personally offended by that or draw away from them and be like, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. And so we just want to kind of um, pull away the curtain and say, we're not trying to tell you what to watch and what not to so much as saying, hey, we're reminding you to look at your own heart and say, are you protecting this? Are you making sure that your priorities are straight, that you're valuing your relationship with the Lord? And protecting and guarding your heart from the things that might um, take away from that or invade that space. So the first question is, what is entertainment and why are we talking about it? Yeah, so the definition that we have for entertainment is that it is the action of being provided with amusement or enjoyment, usually as an alternative to being productive. And so for the sake of this podcast, we're really going to focus in on screen entertainment today. So that would be social media, shows, movies, and video games, and just all of those things together as a whole. And how do we look at um, what lens we are filtering these things through? Thanks, Courtney. And so what would the world say about entertainment? I think the world holds entertainment in a really, really high place. Like if you think about it, entertainment is just one aspect of our lives as people, but um, it's one of the biggest money-making industries in the world. They have something Mm -hmm. called the entertainment industry, especially here in the United States. And that's been an interesting thing to watch the history of. Like even before we were around, um, you see the, you've seen the entertainment industry kind of evolve and adapt and kind of change along with um, what the morality of America has been. And so like a measurable way of looking at that is like movie ratings. Like those weren't always around, but now we have PG and PG 13 and R and you're even seeing now like the things that used to be rated R are now PG 13. Like it's, you'd really have to (laughs) be quite a movie to earn the R rating now. Um, And that's just been interesting to watch because the world says that entertainment is extremely important because we say that it's extremely important. And we prove that with our time and our money and our attention, the world in the entertainment industry just responds to what people are investing their time and money and attention into. And so they adapt to that. And that's the kind of content that they put out in shows and movies and video games. So it's kind of interesting. You can zoom out and take a look at the trend that these things are taking in our country and say, this is a reflection of our hearts as a people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to note too, just how heavily social media plays into uh, entertainment. I think we spend uh, probably more time on social media outlets than we we do on, uh, on TV. So what does the world of social media say uh, about us and say about Mm -hmm. what we're thinking and trying to believe is also uh, an important, I think, theme that we'll we'll try to touch on as we go throughout uh, this podcast. I think it's interesting whenever we look at entertainment, and Alex talks about this um, in previous podcasts about how we, as humans, you know, are made for stories. Like we love stories because we're caught up in a grand story ourselves. And I think with entertainment, we are drawn in by these different stories being told through entertainment. Mm-hmm. And 
And one thing that these producers and, and writers and authors, like if you look behind the scenes on, you know, Blu-rays or DVDs that you get, or if you watch a certain documentary, you can get like the perspective of people that are writing the show or different things. They're not just telling a story to tell a story. They're telling a story to get across a certain view or philosophy or trying to instill some type of lesson from that show that they're wanting to say. And so I think that entertainment by the world standard is a way for people to get their perspective of things and how to see the world and interact with it to other people. And so I think that our entertainment industry is probably one of the most influential um, outlets on our culture. Yeah. And to your credit, they, they know they're influential. This is why they spend billions of dollars on things like algorithms. Nothing that I learn on Facebook or Instagram is on accident. I am learning that because Facebook mm. and Instagram's algorithm wants me to learn that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm being told uh, things with a great deal of bias, according to what I have previously clicked on. Um, like they are collecting things about us. They know who we are um, and they are trying to appeal to what we believe, uh, what they believe will get us uh, to click more, uh, mm -hmm. to, to buy more. And so I don't think it's a mass conspiracy at all. I don't even think they hide it all that well. Um, I just think a lot of times we, we're unaware and it's very easy to remain. Now, entertainment has become not just, uh, not just for leisure, but for information as well. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think a good example of this that we can see, um, and I want to share this cautiously, but um, that we can see in how Hollywood is influencing culture and the way that we view things is um, there Americans we highly overestimate the amount of people who would identify themselves to be in the LGBTQ community um, and yet when you the the cause of that is because when we're looking at culture and um, the TV shows and the movies that we're seeing it, realistically it's difficult to find a TV show or movie that doesn't have one of the main characters who would identify themselves um, as homosexual and in reality when they've done um, when secular groups have done polls on this it's everyone agrees that it's less than 10 percent of Americans identify themselves as in the LGBTQ community and most polls say that it's less than five percent but that is mm. so not the picture that we're seeing when we're watching netflix or hulu or literally anything and so i think that yeah. we just have to be cautious to how is this how are they shaping our worldview and the way that we're understanding what is um right and godly yeah absolutely um, and i even kind of would uh, lend a phrase to you guys that I, I read from a guy named kevin van hoosier and he calls it a social imaginary and it's this idea that um, there is uh, an imagination, there is something in your head, an idea of the world that exists only in your head that is shared collectively by the social group that you belong to. Um, and everybody has an, a social imaginary and um, it's being shaped by what we see. Um, nobody is not being discipled, in other words. Everybody's mm -hmm. social imaginary is being shaped by something or someone uh, in our world, uh, in America, I think uh, entertainment greatly plays into that. Yeah. And there's kind of a 
a cringy phrase from Christianity. I point these out a lot. I think we should get we should get like a sound drop, like a sound effect that whenever <laughs> we do cringy Christian phrases. Um, but there's a popular Christian phrase that says that we're called to be the thermostat, not the thermometer, mm-hmm. meaning we're called to be the leaders of culture. We're called to set the direction that our culture goes. And what you guys are talking about is the entertainment industry is actually, yes, it's a reflection of our hearts and what we're consuming. But as Courtney pointed out, it's also they're trying to influence the direction of our culture. They're trying to set the temperature. And as Christians, as followers of this powerful God, we're called to set the culture, to set the temperature and the climate of where are we going as a society? And I mean, it starts in your household, but then as a community, it can grow out of that of how much are we influencing the world around us and being a light versus how much is the world influencing us? So good. And I'd like to um, tell on myself here for a minute even. And I watched two or three seasons of Scandal whenever I was in college. I loved it. Olivia Pope was so witty and quick. I know. I just thought it was such, I really liked the TV show. And then I started to realize whenever I was spending more time um, in the word and looking at the, watching the show, I just had so much more of an uncomfortableness watching it because I was realizing, mm. hey, they this entire show is built around me being for an adulterous relationship. Like they are framing it to where I would be against a marriage working out and there being reconciliation and staying there. And instead I'm for Mm. the relationship that's adulterous. And even though I know it's just a TV show and even though um, I know that it's just for entertainment, I I stopped watching it because I was like, obviously this is not changing my views on how I um, feel Mm. about marriage, but I don't want it to ever even get close to where it normalizes the idea of adultery. And so I think that that's a good thing to know is like, what does the Bible say about entertainment and how do we look Mm -hmm. at this? And it's hard because there's a pull to watch different shows that our friends are watching. And if we don't watch them, we feel like we're missing out on something that we're not Mm -hmm. getting to be a part of the conversation. And that's a really big temptation to just want to watch it so you can feel included Um, even if it goes against what you know to be true or not true. Um, And so we we do want to talk about what does the Bible say about entertainment? Yeah, and um, that's a really good question. What does the Bible say about entertainment? And obviously you're not going to open up the Bible and find, you know, randomly in Leviticus outlines for how to handle Instagram and Twitter and and Snapchat. Um, To my surprise, that was not in there. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, it's, it's in numbers. Duh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody makes, reads it though. So. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, there's a quote that I use, uh, from a lady named, uh, Bobette Buster and she's, a, and I use it in our Christian discipleship class. And this lady, she's a really famous, uh, teacher of storytelling. Um, and a lot of screenwriters will use her to, to learn and sharpen their, their skills. And she has this quote, uh, it's really famous. And she says, um, that those that tell the best story win, those that tell the best story win. Mm-hmm. Um, and guys, we have the greatest story. Like mm-hmm. the Bible is the best story where even if you don't believe it, you should want it to be true. <laughs> like, even if this is not true for you, you should want it to be true. Um, he who has the best story 
wins and uh, entertainment is out to tell the best story and um and the bible wants to shape our social imaginary it wants to shape our inner story and the way uh, like like uh taylor was saying our lens by which we view the world and so with that in mind what does the bible say about entertainment well you're not really going to find the word entertainment in there per se uh, but it does fit into some biblical ideas and so, uh, you know, we were talking about what entertainment means in the first place. Um, and to add to that definition from earlier, uh, the dictionary tells us that entertain carries this idea of amusing or uh, occupying our attention agreeably. It comes from the, the Latin word to, to hold or to grab something. In other words, entertainment grabs our attention. Um, it also means to receive or to treat someone as a guest, right? Who, who, which one of us hasn't had guests in our homes and we entertain them. So we receive them like uh, a guest. Uh, so it could be argued, uh, from this definition that God is the best entertainer. I mean, uh, how many of us during this quarantine season haven't just gone outside and been struck by beauty? So another thing that the Bible would say about entertainment, really, it just applies to everything, is really what is true and what is not true, um, what is sinful, what is not sinful. And if we were going to take um, a secular a point on that, it would say what's moral and immoral. And so you can just see how the world changes with that, just based upon what we talked about earlier with the rating system. Uh, I mean, you would go back um, a few decades and you would find a PG movie and you would watch it. And sometimes I'm shocked when I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched it as a kid. It was a PG. And I watch it. And I'm like, oh, this is not PG. Actually, they say things and do things that are actually not appropriate. But then on the flip side, we watch some PG-13 movies now. And we're like, oh, this would definitely be R back then. Mm -hmm. Or even if we go to different cultures, um, different cultures have different ratings for different things. And what's permissible to show on television changes depending upon what country you're watching, depending upon the values of that culture. And so all of these things are very transient and they change, but the Bible doesn't. Um, it is a sure foundation. And what is true today will be true tomorrow because it's the word of God. Um, and it's his truth that stands. And so there's a, a verse that is really helpful for us when we're wanting to really evaluate the entertainment that we're watching. And this is convicting for me. And so don't feel like we are saying things that we are doing excellent at, but this is also something for me and for my family that I want to um, think on. And it's Matthew 6, 21 through 23. And it says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp and provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if mm -hmm. the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And so just to share with you guys, there are some shows that Andre and I have watched um, in the past where we've had to stop uh, midway through, or there would be things that I would notice with my um, responses to people, my patients, how I thought, all mm -hmm. those things. And I realized that as I watched these certain shows, it was actually affecting my daily life and what I was thinking about and how I was treating mm -hmm. people. We don't really think when we watch a movie or a show that it's affecting us. But if you pay attention to your interactions with other people and the thoughts that you have during that time, um, it affects us much more than we think. And so this, this verse, Matthew 6, 21, 23, 
um, shows us the reality of that, of what we put into our mind, what we see with our eyes will affect how we then think and see other people in the world. That's so Mm -hmm. good, Taylor. And I think too, like we see also in Matthew, how out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so our thoughts are directly correlated to our actions and leading to those. And I think that that's a wise thing to reflect on is, are my actions being controlled by social media and by culture um, and how I'm treating my friends and the people around me? Or um, am I, again, filtering things through scripture? And Romans 12 says that being transformed is by the renewal of our mind. And so it all comes back to our thought life. And so I think it would be wise of us to really assess what our thoughts look like and how those are correlating to what we're consuming, like you said. There's a question that we should be asking then is, well, how do we do this well? Um, Like if we claim to love the Lord, love Jesus, that we want to live in a way that honors him, then how can Christians have healthy relationships with entertainment? Uh, Because during this time, especially of quarantine, there are so many options and outlets out there for entertainment that are influencing us and they're influencing our, our kids. And so we want to do that wisely. And so how do we do that? Good question for another time. This has been the SLT podcast. (laughs) Uh, We hope you get, sorry. Right. So that question actually leads to another question that I think everybody on the topic of entertainment is asking themselves as a Christian, which is, can we as Christians watch shows or have apps that have bad things in them? And I think it's important to kind of flip that question because it's not so much about Um, can you be exposed to bad things because we live in a world full of bad things but it's more a question of where are you placing your value and are the things that you're consuming are they increasing your idea of how much god is worth to you how highly you hold him so psalm 101 3 says i will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless i hate the work of those who fall away it shall not cling to me And so that's a pretty high standard of the kind of entertainment that we consume and not just entertainment, but even the people we surround ourselves with, the conversations that we have. Um, But that's an important standard because it's not saying, I know we touched on earlier in our dating podcast, Taylor has a great analogy about how close to like a nuclear fallout would you want to get? And the question is, that's kind of ridiculous. It's, It's saying how much bad things can I consume before I'm unhealthy? Like, why are you consuming things that are considered bad in the first place? And it really just, all that does is identify and show where your heart's at. So then the question should be, well, then, okay, what is the line? Like, what can I watch or not? Maybe you're feeling conviction about this, knowing that maybe you watch some shows or have some apps that have some things that make you feel guilty when you watch them and you're not sure how to react to that or how to process that. And so... We would say um, that's why God, that's one of the main reasons that God has given us the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin. Conviction is a tricky thing, though, and I want to talk about that for a sec, because what we see in the Bible is that there's this war between the flesh and the spirit. So what you in your physical body wants versus what God says is good and holy. And I mean, that's pretty obvious. That's why we call sin struggles, sin struggles. Um, But with that, we have this thing of conviction where the Holy Spirit tells us and kind of leads us where, what we should be watching, what we should be consuming or not, because he shows us what's really bad for us, even if we didn't know that it's bad or think that it's bad. However, 
we have to be careful because it would be a big mistake for every Christian to assume that they're a master of being able to determine um, what the conviction is, what, what's from the Holy Spirit, and what's just them. Because I've heard a lot, unfortunately, people say, well, I don't feel convicted about this, even though it's something that's pretty objectively bad for them and mm-hmm. leading them away from the Lord. That's such dangerous territory to have it is, well, I don't feel convicted by this. Can I add to that? That's that's really, it's something I've noticed in me, and this is just the way sin has developed in me, unfortunately, and the Lord has mm-hmm. uh, is just restoring me uh, through this. But I, I've noticed that I don't know that the Holy Spirit has is always, it ha- hasn't always been convicting me, um, even about things that mm-hmm. I've previously said, oh, I don't feel convicted against that. Uh, what I've noticed that a lot of times that when I have previously said, I don't feel convicted about a certain thing, that I probably should be convicted of about um, is that I have been convicted, but I have confused my ability to ignore the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. my ability to explain the conviction away with mm-hmm. a lack of conviction. And I've confused the two. I've conflated the two um, yeah. in, in my soul. My ability to explain away a conviction uh, has been interpreted as, oh, I don't feel convicted. And the dangerous thing, Alex, is that um, entertainment so often is used as a numbing agent or as a distraction from that conviction. And so it becomes a vicious cycle where maybe you're watching something you know deep down in your spirit you shouldn't be because there's something not good and not godly about it. And so how do you react to that when you don't know what to do or maybe you don't want to give it up because you really like it, even though you know it's bad? You feed yourself more entertainment, more junk to distract yourself rather than doing the hard thing, which is the good thing, which is saying, maybe I should create distance with this. Maybe I should get away from this thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, in this process, we're not left alone either. Like, uh, the Holy Spirit guides us into a regenerated heart that's able to discern. And when these topics come up, you often hear of the quality of discernment or the spiritual gifting of discernment. Um, but discernment is something given to all believers and something we're actually asked scripturally to practice, something to train ourselves up in. Um, Hebrews 5.14 says, uh, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about how do I distinguish good from evil? Uh, the question that a heart of discernment is constantly asking is towards what is my heart moving towards Mm. what does this thing cause my heart to move toward is what I'm viewing is what I'm listening to is what I'm clicking on making me a more compassionate person towards um, God's kingdom or or less compassionate Mm. Uh, does it move me away or towards sanctification? Does it open my eyes to truth or does it feed my false fantasies? Um, like what, what is this ultimately accomplishing? And so these are good, hard questions to ask when we're watching something, when we're listening to something. And um, uh, ultimately what these questions are kind of asking, I think basic 101 morality asks, uh, can I do this or can't I do this? where discernment asks the question, why do you want to do this? Um, And that's a much deeper question with layers upon layers Mm -hmm. upon layers. And we're going to stumble. But I think the Lord gives us space to stumble well and stumble forward 
and picks us up with loving grace um, after we do stumble. That's really good, Alex. Um, I think another question that we hear a lot in what does this look like in the life of a believer is how much time should we be dedicating to entertainment and to these mm-hmm. things? And a lot of times I think this question comes with, is this is this right or is this wrong? And I think really Ephesians 5 tells us that that's not the lens that we should be looking at it through, but instead um, Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And so instead, we should be looking through the lens of, is this wise or is this unwise? And so while it's not necessarily wrong for you to, on this um, shelter at home days, to sleep in until 11 and then binge watch some Netflix show, it's not that that's inherently wrong, but instead I would say that that's not wise. That's not making the best use of our time. And so trying to look through um, that question of, am I making this decision um, with wisdom and filtering through the questions that Alex was just going through of what is my heart desiring in this and what is this pointing to um, about me and where I'm at with my relationship and heart posture toward the Lord. And with that, Psalm 90 also says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And so there is, we are going to stumble and our flesh is going to want to go toward things that are not necessarily of the Lord. And so instead we can go to go to the Lord and say, would you teach me to number my days and have this um, urgency to seek wisdom instead of to walk in my flesh and just the things that I desire so that I would have a heart of wisdom and be able to choose things that are wise because that's what I'm setting my my thoughts on and that's what I'm pursuing through the Lord. Yeah, that's really good. I think even on that topic, I think that's one of the the lies that we're we're fed uh, um, is that, you know, real happiness comes from unguarded limitless consumption mm-hmm. like that's where i'm really happy when i can have as much as i want whenever i want however i want um that's just simply not true <laughs> um it, it's a false thing that just leaves us more empty as soon as we're done with it yeah um there's a <clears throat> there's a quote uh from from andy crouch he wrote a book called the tech wise family which mm-hmm. I would really highly recommend to all of our families out there to read. It's been really beneficial for us and our family um, in implementing different things. And one of the things he talks about technology, but also this applies to entertainment and how we fill our time, um, is that technology is only very good if it helps us become the persons that we are meant to be. And you could insert the word entertainment there. Entertainment is only very good if it can help us become the persons we are meant to be. And so what are we filling our time with and what are we watching is it instilling in us um, those characteristics and traits to become who God has created us to be or is it drawing us away from the people that God meant us to be or another step as we approach technology and how to do it well is that we would not just be passive agents while looking at a screen I know Mm -hmm. that the tendency is to kind of veg out that you just want to turn off your brain and just consume but there is danger to that, that we just want to advise against, that we would just not be passive agents, just allowing everything that's being told to us or shown to us just come into our, our eyes and in our hearts and just sit and resonate there. Uh, but that we would, while we watch and engage with this entertainment, that we would evaluate 
Um, and as the Bible says in Second Corinthians verse ten or chapter ten, mm-hmm. verse three through five, it says, "Take every thought captive, and make it obedience to Christ." And so, really, whenever we're watching something, we want to lay it against Scripture and say, "Is this true, or is it not?" And so, one of the things we did this last week with the boys is we watched the show, and we played this game that Watermark um, does with their kids' uh, ministry uh, in Dallas, and, and the game is called Spot the Lie. And so, we talked to the boys before we watched this show to say, hey, this show um, is very popular in these different ways, um, but not everything here is true. And so, we want you to be aware, to be active, and be listening, and Whenever you think you spot a lie, we want to pause the show and then we can watch it or and then we can talk about it. So and good. so as we were watching this show, one of the boys would say, oh, I think I see a lie. And we would pause it and then he would bring it mm-hmm. up and then we'd talk about it. And so it's just a way for them to be aware and engaging one in the show and also of what they know to be true and what is this thing saying to be true. And it's really important in order to know what is a lie we also have to know what is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so spending time in God's word um, and soaking up the truth of the gospel um, is the only way that we're going to be able to tell what is true and what is not true. We mm-hmm. cannot assess the world based upon our own judgment or our own standards uh, because that's going to fluctuate and that's going to change. And it's also going to be wrong because it's coming from our certain perspective. And so we want to be engaged with the word so that we can evaluate yeah. the world um, through the truth of what God has proclaimed in the gospel. Yeah. So we've talked about a couple of different things um, throughout this podcast, and we hope it's been helpful. Um, and we wanted to leave you guys with just practical steps that you can do personally and also as a family. And so what are some practical things that we can implement uh, for us to walk in wisdom when it comes to entertainment? I think a good first step is to just do kind of a time budget. Um Like we talked about, it's a big part of this practically is identifying how much time we're devoting to entertainment. A quick way to do that is if you have an iPhone, you can go to the settings and it actually has this little thing um, that tells you how much time you've spent on your phone. What's the average time per day you spend on your phone and what different apps that you're spending that time on. I think another thing that you could do is to have a conversation as a family uh, and just to come together and really just talk about like, what are your purposes or goals as a family and how does entertainment line up with those goals that you have in mind? What do you want to accomplish as a family and does your amount of time spent towards entertainment and also different areas of life, do they match up? to where you want to go as a family? And also are the shows that you're consuming as a family helping you become the type of people and the type of family that you want to be? And I think those are important conversations to have. Uh, Another practical thing that you can do is just identify, like really think about what is it that entertains you? Uh, What moves you from being a consumer to being a producer? How can you... um, output something rather than just consume something because that's all entertainment is we're just consuming but there's a good chance that maybe you're moved by uh, cooking videos like me we'll get to cooking maybe you're moved by art videos and maybe you should just be doing art uh whatever it is identify what it is that stirs your affections um and become a creator uh, after the likeness of god right I think another thing, another practice that you can put in place is 
unplugging for set amount amounts of time and making that a rhythm in your daily and weekly routine. And so when we're unplugging, that really calls us to leave the virtual world of technology to be more present, not only with the Lord, but also with the people around us. And so Sam was saying to take an inventory on the amount of time that we're spending on technology. And I think it would also be good of us to take an inventory of how much time am I spending with other people and with the Lord that's uninterrupted, that I'm not being distracted by my cell phone, that we're not also watching a screen, but that we're really um, connecting with one another because digital connections really are not enough to keep us healthy by any means. Okay, so we hope this episode has encouraged you and given you um, something to think about when it comes to the time that you're devoting to entertainment and the place that it's taking in your heart. And that it just leads you to ask yourself these healthy questions of, is this helping me get closer to the Lord? Um, But also just keep in mind that we are in this together. We're with you. We're all still stuck at home and just there's a lot of opportunities for entertainment. So we just, again, want to encourage you as your brothers and sisters in Christ to just evaluate what you're allowing um, to entertain you and decide, um, is this healthy for us? So we're going to end on a high note by asking this question to the team. What was your favorite show when you were a kid? Well, I would love this one show called The Cowboys Losing. (laughs) Guys, 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 I think we can agree. At least we're not Houston. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Okay, I'm done with y'all. We're done. We're done. (laughs) Too soon. I definitely loved a show called SWAT Cats. Yes. Never have I ever seen SWAT Cats. Uh, Street Sharks was good, but let's see. Doug. I would say Doug. Doug, I think. Doug, Power Rangers, and Pokemon probably crossed over the most. (laughs) Yes. Um, I would say the show that I loved as a kid, it's no secret, it's Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) All right. When I was a kid, my big three and they had to be all three i wouldn't even mention them unless they were of equal importance were thomas the tank engine okay Mm. barney and then to redeem myself a little bit power rangers that's pretty but to be fair i have three older brothers and whenever they would come into the room and i was watching barney i would quickly uh, change it to power rangers you're like i'm not i'm not watching what's this kids show who left this on (laughs) Um, This is my personal shout out to all of the Liberty Christian kids out there whose parents have filtered the TV shows that they're allowed to watch throughout their childhood Mm -hmm. because that too happened to me. And I'm here to tell you as a 25 year old that we didn't miss out on anything. I promise because I just came up with the longest list of amazing TV shows that I watched. So kudos to you, mom and dad, um, and all those parents out there that didn't let their parents or didn't let their kids watch Shows where the kids were disrespectful or said bad words and things. Because I've got Jetsons, Flintstones, Veggie Tales, mm. Full House, Zaboomafu with the cool neighborhood lemur. Like, hello, come on, so cool. Um, Dragon Tales, Boy Meets World, Lizzie McGuire. They're great ones. I just that was hard to even narrow wow. it down to those. So um, you're not missing out on anything if your parents are filtering your shows. My parents still filter my shows. Thanks for joining us on the SLT podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife at mylcs.com.